This is the European edition of Breaking Banks, the world's number one fintech podcast and radio show. We bring you the European unicorns, startups, founders, regulators and leaders innovating the rapidly evolving fintech scene today. A truly localized podcast with both English and local language content with some of the world's most well-known hosts and influencers in the fintech sector globally. Join us every week as we explore what makes the European Union a phenomenal proving ground for many of the fastest growing fintech plays in the world today. Okay, let's roll. Hey guys, so welcome back to Breaking Banks Europe. My name is Matteo Rizzi. I'm the executive producer of the show. Happy New Year to all of you. This is one of the first shows of the year, but is episode 158. Today we talk about welfare, which I didn't know what it was until a couple of weeks ago. And I have two amazing guests and friends talking about this with me. So Chiara and John, and as usual, a couple of minutes. Hi, Matteo. Hi, Chiara. Hey, a couple of minutes uh, each to uh, introduce themselves. Uh, Chiara, over to you, country manager, cover flags. Yes, thank you, Matteo. Ciao. So um, around 12 to 15 years in digital in general, from uh, operations in Groupon to uh, the ramp up and being the GM of uh, WeWork, the platform of co-working, into a B2C platform like Domestica with courses and now Lenny in CoverFlex. Mm, pretty much B2C and B2B with different angles. So that's why I think the the company overview and the employee overview can be complete tackling all the points. And super happy to be here with you guys. Thank you, Chiara. We talk, we, we'll, we'll deep dive into what we actually mean with welfare. But before, John Rawa, CEO and founder, welcome. Hi, Matteo. Hi, Chiara. Thanks to, uh, thanks to, to having us. So, yeah, so, uh, so John, French, based in Portugal since uh, since last year, 2022. First part of the career in uh, in MNF, a Chinese group. Spent a couple of years uh, abroad and uh, and also in China, and then uh, got back to Europe. Started uh, in a tech space to build. It's my uh, my fourth startup today. I've done a bit of blockchain, AI, and most lately fintech. And uh, and Rova is a pure fintech uh, a proposition for for the Portuguese market now. So uh, as I was candidly saying, guys, uh, you know, and, you know, full, uh, full disclosure, you know, I am uh, helping uh, cover Flex and Chiara with a couple of introductions for the, for the Italian market. Uh, but, and, and the reason why um, I did this is because I thought that welfare per se is an incredibly interesting new field. And it is actually a combination of... Uh, digital financial services, uh, well-being for the employees, uh, and overall, you know, a, a great tool for small and medium businesses, you know, to, to, to thrive, which is the reason why we have this combination of uh, someone who is building a bank for SMEs and someone who basically uh, has built one of the uh, European leaders in, in welfare. So let's go back to... Uh, sort of the definition. And uh, Chiara, you go first. What do we actually mean with welfare? That's a very good point. And I love the way you started the introduction because I, so there are two different schools. Someone who identifies in a kind of old school way, welfare, 
just as the services granted by a company to the employees, additional or not additional, depending on which is the market, to their uh, base salary. While welfare, to make it working, to make it effective and to make it appealing and sexy for the companies and then effective for the employees, needs to be something completely different. So as you said, needs to be a whole um, 360 approach to the work by itself. So not just to the salary base, to the pay, and to the benefits of the employees. And that's also why, in my opinion, a company who grants welfare to the employees is a company who is implicitly also building welfare within the processes, within their tools, within the culture of the company. So while from a strict definition of welfare is everything that is given on top of a normal compensation or let's say yes to to complete the compensation of um, of an employee while the extended version of the welfare and that i think is what makes more sense to speak in this context is the overall creation of a, a happy path that then becomes a productive path due to the combination of different factors not only related to the salary and to the compensation of the employee, but to the environment that the company creates and helps creating. Thank you. John, uh, you know, you, you, you have typically two approaches, right? To this, uh, to this, uh, to the welfare ecosystem. One as yourself, a builder of a startup, which is, uh, I, I wish you will be a multi-million multi-thousands of people company, but right now is an SME, is a, is, a, is a startup that takes care or has to take care of your employees. But way more importantly, you are building a financial services platform for SMEs. And we will talk about numbers a little bit, but we will see that typically small to medium companies are the ones that are sort of um, uh, constituting the, the 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 biggest part of this uh, of this market. So, what's your approach and your definition as well? Yeah, so definition for small businesses. So, the, Rova is doing that specifically, right? So, that's our target. We are building this uh, new digital bank targeting only small businesses, right? So, within this space, there is a there is an official definition which look at three different metrics, which are generally balance sheet, PNL, the total revenue. I'm generally looking at the number of employees, right? And uh, it's also linked to, uh, to this welfare approach because it's a, it's a people business, right? So this is, uh, this is generally what you find in a, in a small business. And we look at the number of employees, right? So the definition is basically up to 250 employees you are considered as a, as a small business. But even within this range, there's a huge gap between being a small business and, and, and having less than five employees, of which you can actually compare with nothing. Because right to right from the point you actually start to scale your business and you increase to let's say five to twenty employees, it's already another company. Above twenty employees, above fifty employees, you have different thresholds, and those thresholds are very different by industry. Where the, the space you are working in, the space you are building in, it starts to be very different, right? So, so to your question, Matteo, so the, the first thing is indeed, thanks to solutions like Coverflex, for instance, as a builder, right, you have access to new solutions in the market to serve the employees, not the user this time, but the employees with the right tool. Almost to, you know, we are almost able to serve today 
the workforce with the same tool that you might find in a in a big corporate, right? So this is this is what happens in the market thanks to solutions like like Overflex. Secondly, Rova is also targeting the small businesses like Overflex, and and we approach the market a bit differently, right? We don't focus really more on the specifications on the welfare part, but we I think contribute also to the welfare of the of the small business, right? What we fix is basically all this banking, admin, invoicing, bookkeeping tax that you generally, as a small business, this is what you analyze, spend six to seven hours a day, a week, sorry, clearing that. Not today, you, you do that in five, 10 minutes, right? You basically remove this admin task and we improve the, the health of the, uh, of the employer, the health of the entrepreneur that way. Absolutely. And, and actually, you know, yesterday when we, when we were preparing the call, I actually want to give a couple of examples because, you know, for some of the auditors, the world welfare related to financial services uh, might be like a completely new. I mean, it was for me. Actually, you understand it's a thing, but you don't understand it's actually a business, you know, and there are actually, uh, you know, startups and technologies that are directly addressing that. I actually have two SMEs here in Portugal and Coverflex actually happens to be a Portuguese company that uh, expanded in, in, in Italy with, uh, with Chiara as well. And uh, it is true that uh, for even the less than 10 employees combined for these two companies, every time I had, for example, you know, to uh, hire new employees or find out, uh, you know, the, the ticket restaurants uh, attributed to each employee or like the bootkeeping, this is more for Rawa, or uh, the insurance uh, and health insurance for each one of the employees of my companies, you know, you have to, is, is a number of one-on-one conversations with usually different providers, right? That makes it, uh, you know, the, the time that you just mentioned, John, like for like a few hours per week uh, managing this is actually mm-hmm. completely true. So I see in front of me with you two speaking together, almost a one-stop shop, right? Where I have another employee, I just go to the platform and I can say to, to this employee, hey, this is your insurance package. This is the restaurant you need. And by the way, you know, as a benefit, uh, we have an agreement with that gym. So you can go to that gym and having that discount. And by the way, if you go on holidays, uh, you can, you know, you can have these holidays. And the difference at the end, actually, it, it is a direct question to, to Chiara, is actually the the fiscal optimization one of the main driver for giving the type of benefit or is also a whole new experience that you're giving to the employees i start taking what john was saying what you were saying and i was thinking while you were talking that uh simplification as a service is a benefit by itself so what john was saying the part of making the life of an employee easier from a tool and tech perspective is by itself part of that culture. So that one was one of my premises. To answer to your question, there are a lot of different angles and a lot of different reasons. And just uh, mentioning the, um, let's say, just mentioning the tax-related one is a little bit too too small as a as a selling point, let's call selling point, to, to make it adoptable by a company. Um, for sure, there are a lot of savings. And for sure, if a company uses these benefits in the smart way, uh, they can save a lot of time. That has as a result 
giving more chance to spend real money to the employee. Because of course, those money, we know then it's different country to country, but they have uh, great savings in terms of the taxation. But it's not the purpose. So the, not the companies who are looking just for tax savings are the companies who are granting welfare. It's true that the decision maker especially for the big ones, is sometimes the CFO or is a combination between CFO, uh, people, HR managers, but is not driven just by money. It's driven by culture, it's driven by the need of the company of do um, attraction, retention, and satisfaction of their talents. So one thing is being able to capture them because you are offering them a set of great things. When I was working in WeWork, so it has nothing to do with uh, pure welfare, but the angle was pretty similar because a company who was choosing a flexible workspace was a company who was giving to their employees in their job description something big, good for them. In the same way, having a flexible compensation is attractive for the smart employees. So it's a loop of smart choices. A smart company who decides to smart compensate to attract smart talents who are ready to digest that kind of proposal. 20 years ago, we were not ready to offer welfare as a smart compensation because the whole ecosystem was not ready to accept it and to make them spending their money in there. Today, I, I do really see it as a virtuous uh, loop where smart players are adopting it. And at the end of the day, yes, there are savings. And at the end of the day, if you look at it from a, a mission perspective, if you explode it, it means that not only employees, but humans have more money to spend in goods, products, in the, as you said before, in booking a flight or uh, scheduling lodging and hotels. So also from an economic perspective, this is really empowering people to spend money. While if you go back 20 years ago, this was promising to people that you are giving to them money, but then they don't have the interfaces or the tools or the way to spend it. Yeah, yeah, I, I fully I fully agree with uh, with, with you, Kira, because so first, if I just look at, at Rova, you know, as a as a software company, 80% of our PL cost structure is people. Right? Everything we own, the IP we build, we build it through people. It's 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 a very people-oriented business, right? So, so for me, it's key to, indeed, to build an ecosystem where the employee, the rover can drive, right? Feel comfortable. At the same time, having an HR people management structure, which is streamlined, right? Organized. And where I can actually retain people and talent, right? So it's a challenge on its own. Just by mentioning that, I got scared myself, right? How do I do that, right? And indeed, you know, we, we have tool on the market, right? Coverflex is a, is a good example. How to fuel the innovation or the structure, the system you might find normally, which is reserved to more bigger groups, bigger corporates, where you have an entire department working on that. How do I build something more digitized, more automated, where my cost to serve is lower, but I fuel the organization, the smaller organization with the same type of processes, right? So, and we have done that very well. So that's first. Secondly, today, if you look at the concept of super app, it is possible today. It is possible to make the life of the small entrepreneur easy by combining in a set of tools, by not combining only finance, but by combining finance with Indeed, 
What's the impact of finance on payroll? What's the impact of this on payroll, right? And you are basically building a network. I call it the spider web, where indeed you have the opportunity to leverage basically and to scout on the behalf of this small business what are the best solutions out there and to build the user experience, right? What is the best experience that I can actually find within a super app? It can be indeed like Coverflux is doing right now, really focusing more on, you know, of the transparency of what is actually shipped, you know, within this, uh, this product to serve the user. It can be finance. It can be a lot of different things, but yeah, I think this is where the market is. What is simple in my life every day as an entrepreneur, as an employee, my life is already difficult enough. I need to build, I need to grow, right? How can you serve me in, in by tools, by feeling, uh, feeling innovation in my team? Right? How can you help me to streamline these, uh, these processes and the idea? If I can add you a couple of things that I was still thinking while you were talking, um, another two components that are, again, improving the life of an employee. So going into a more productive, in a better uh, company life is procurement. So not just having everything in one, but allowing small businesses, a, a business of 20 employees doesn't have a procurement team. A business mm -hmm. of 20, 25, there is a finance who decides what to do. And if you have to choose a set of six different tools in HR to manage welfare, for example, or in your case, to manage uh, all the things that your super app can manage, you don't choose them because you because it's not scaling, because you have different providers, because it's an operational headache, because you are multiplying costs in terms of reducing. So also from a procurement perspective, uh, it's not just a matter of simplifying, but also a matter of streamlining the cost. And the new frontier, and this is something we strongly believe as a, as a selling point of our solution, for example, but that's something I've seen in yours as well, is giving freedom and transparency to the employee. So not just giving to you a tool, not just giving to you money, but also giving to you transparency. You want to access information easily. You want to, especially in an environment like welfare, for example, where the headache of tax, of deductions, of reimbursement is really, so in Italy is the government tries to overcomplicate everything. And every time you find something to solve it, then they overcomplicate it even more. But if you build a system that grants to the employee the whole transparency to get access to the information in a simple way, then this will be a new barrier removed to the adoption. So by removing all these barriers, multiple providers, multiple costs, being able to access by yourself and to do it by yourself, you go deeper and deeper into the adoption, into the usage, into really using. And that's, for me, the core, the meaning of life and everything. So it is the core of the meaning of welfare. I have it if I can use it. Otherwise, it's just a promise. So it's the difference between something that is granted as a promise and something that is really used. Let's talk about market guys a little bit because uh, you know I, I'm putting myself in the in the uh, in the shoes of, of our auditors. And uh, if I analyze your two companies, so uh, John, you you are like a, a Portuguese-based company, uh, like digital bank, as you were saying, and your target market is. Uh, Portugal and Italy, you know, and uh, I know that you have, uh, uh, you know, a, a great, uh, you know, on the top of your head, uh, 
sort of SMEs uh, numbers that you want to share and want you to share it with the audience because it will, you know, the 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 picture will be even more clear. And uh, Chiara Coverflex is a Portuguese company, one of the actually best funded uh, so far uh, uh, fintech companies in, uh, in Portugal that choose Italy as the second market. Even if, if I'm not mistaken, the, the mistaken, sorry, the largest market for uh, uh, welfare is, uh, is France. You know, there are uh, the, the if, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So it is interesting, and I want to like uh, have both of you your your point of view. You know, how much is the concentration of the SMEs in the different countries that you want to attack? You know, has driven the decision. You know, to implant the business where you guys are because you have one thing in common, which is Portugal. And in Portugal, there is one number that I remember: ninety percent of the economies is with SMEs, right, John? Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely right. And uh, that's a good question, right? Why Portugal, why Italy? I love data and I generally build by being really data-driven. And so I, I'm going to give you uh, some figures. So first I'm French, right? So and uh, I started my career in MNA and um, from Paris, targeting Spain and Italy, France, those, those three countries, right? And they're, at the beginning of this MA career, I was doing a lot in the SME space, right? So this is something I have a, a certain appetite for, right? Uh, like I, I'm working in this space for, for a while, and it's a space which is really dynamic, the SME space in, in Southern Europe, right? So if you look at the numbers in what you call EU27, right? So the 27 members in Europe, right? So we are talking about... 40 million, 4-0 million SMEs and freelancers, right? And if you look at the South, right? So Portugal is a, is a perfect example. Portugal is a small country. It's 10 million, uh, 10 million people, the 1.7 million businesses and freelancers. Amazing. From which, from, from which 1.6, 1.6 million are actually businesses with less than 10 employees. Of which... 80% are actually businesses which are solo shareholders, right? So this is the reality in the market. And in the US, you have the same, 30 million businesses. Out of them, 26 million are solo shareholders, right? So the very small and micro businesses is actually a, a growing business. And if you look it at... It is almost Pastor, a non-digital creator's economy, right? The, in, in, exactly. In absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So it's... a. It, it's, it's a big market. It's 99% of your GDP in Portugal. And if you look abroad, Spain, Italy, France, Greece, so the five countries that generally we call Southern Europe or Mediterranean Europe, that's 20 million. 20 million SMEs and freelancers, right, concentrated within the five countries. So half of the market, half of the entrepreneurs in Europe are actually in, in Southern Europe. And that's true that when you look at how those markets are built, we have less conglomerates, less big plans than what you might find in Germany, for instance, right? Where the GDP is more close to 50% from those businesses than what you found in the, in the South, right? So the, for me, for, for Rova, it was clear that the South was, a, was where the, the most needs were and also where the, the entrepreneurs are in Europe, really. I add just a couple, so completely copy and completely agree. 
In our case, since if you think by absurd, our solution can be sold to everyone, not just to SMBs, to corporate, to big enterprises, to single-use persons. But then, based on the um, on the the work done in the last year, so the experience in Portugal, SMBs are the easiest one, the the best one to be tackled, the best one in converting. So then, giving these premises, the total addressable market of Italy became very, very attractive because of the SME's ecosystem and these, um, these, these different, let's say, this network of around 11 million employees from SMB's compared to the 2 million that, they, that is already in, uh, in Portugal. Uh, we also have a couple of other reasons why Italy as a market related to, again, the cost of labor, for example, uh, the savings, as Matteo was saying at the beginning, because the company tax savings in Italy are around 40% and the employee tax savings are around 30 to 60, while in Portugal a little bit less. So a model that was already winning in Portugal could be even more winning in a market with these premises. So tax savings from another perspective. Uh, the change in the world. In the in the work um, that that happened in the last years, and Italy has been strongly impacted by those changes. If you think on remote workers versus people who are still working in the headquarters of offices, welfare and the traditional competitors were targeting the workers and the companies in a traditional way. So thinking that they were using their welfare nearby the offices. In our case, for example, and that's also why we aim to build a network that is uh, a network geographically spread in the whole country and not just close to the companies who are our targets. Uh, we are doing it in this way because of the remote working new asset. So also these changes in the, um, the working ecosystem made it um, attractive as well. Plus the fact we call it just in one word, it's an untapped market. Because even if it's true that we talk about our competitors, the biggest one who is French, has his uh, most profitable market in Italy and not even in France, it's true. But still, there is a huge white space. It's still untapped. But not only thinking that new solutions, so there are no newcomers with new smart solutions, but also uh, considering companies that are not yet adopting it. Also smart companies, also SMEs, tech smart companies who are now looking forward to understand it, but they were not doing it before. What do you think, guys, are the, in, in your respective fields, right, the, 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 the main needs for services and the digitizations for, uh, for SMEs? You know, you, you were talking, uh, you know, and for, for, the, for the welfare, like a pure employee compensation part, you know, the point of entry is always uh, the 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 ticket, the restaurant tickets, right? The the, the food tickets. Why? Because obviously, if I, if I give someone fifty euros of uh, you know the f- food uh, or food tickets uh, per, for for a company is a cost for the employee is is actually uh, you know a pure money is to, to to expand. He do, he she doesn't pay tax. The company doesn't pay tax. Is you know that's like the the, the no brainer. But this world has evolved dramatically. You know, we talk about gym and insurance. So, you know, for Chiara is uh, what is the array of services uh, that you guys are plotting, you know, to respond to to SME needs? And actually the same question goes to John. And, you know, please uh, uh, go ahead in in answering. (laughs) 
where do you see? Because I know for a fact, uh, because you know my my good friend Megan, you know, is working with you. Megan uh, sort of asked me to uh, what was my view, you know, with my sort of SME CEO hat, you know, what I needed. So what came out from the needs of the SMEs uh, when you guys studied, you know, which services should be implemented first? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And you, you just mentioned Megan, uh, uh, Matteo. This is exactly what you do. The exercise that Megan has done with you, trying to understand your life, your journey as a Portuguese entrepreneur, right? Because this is this is part of the of Robert's audience, non-Portuguese and Portuguese, right? So you certainly have been interviewed uh, for for one of uh, one of the audience, and this is what you what you do, right? So we Robert claims to to be building the the financial super app for Southern Europe, right? So it's very simple. So, so the, we are not building anything difficult. What we are doing, and this is really where we spend our time, is talking to the entrepreneur, talking to them, trying to understand in their journey where is the need, where is the challenge in terms of financial needs, right? So if you want to, to build a financial super app, you need to understand the financial journey of the user, right? And, uh, and for us, a user is an entrepreneur, and it starts very early in his journey. Right. So, for instance, one of the things we are, we figured out during the interview process is it starts before banking, right? So, of course, you know we build banking. This is a very regulated space, right? So, we start by the most difficult thing to tackle, but it starts actually way before. It starts to, from for for us, for instance, from the point where the users, the entrepreneur, the non-entrepreneur, start to actually build in his mind the opportunity and creating an opportunity, which is, yeah, I can become an entrepreneur. So then the next question is, what do I do? Am I becoming a freelancer? Am I in the need of now incorporating a limited company? If it's not a limited company, what do I do? Right. So that's the first thing. Then company creation, then opening a bank account, finding an accountant, sending an invoice, which is compliant. Growing, having maybe invoice factoring, maybe a credit line to grow my business, right? So we looked at the challenges and sim- simply we look at where we have a must to have, must to do, must to solve, where there is a nice to have, which will be later in the roadmap. But eventually the idea is to really fix the, the entire chain. And unfortunately, in Europe, we have 27 countries maybe sometimes the same currency, but the processes are very different by country. So what we are currently doing is we look at Portugal, the way you set up a company, the way you open a bank account, the way you send an invoice is very different than how you do that in Spain or you do that in Italy, right? So I think that's the challenge, but this is how you succeed. You succeed by really understanding locally what are the needs and fixing step after step the journey. Chiara. If I think on from my angle on the SMB needs, the core one for the company with their employees is being the having them happy, fulfilled, happy to be in there, recognizing the trust to the company. So recognizing that they are happy because they are also because they are in that company. So linking the fulfillment and creating this link between the company and the employee. And to do it. And that's what we are aiming to do. And that's and these are all the different angles of welfare, meal voucher, and uh, and all the different uh, products, let's say. Um, you need to serve 
the employee needs, and there are really horizontal ones. You mentioned the meal one, Matteo, and this is the, the first one that came in the market, again, years and years ago. And again, this changed because it passed from serving the need of a lunch break, going to the restaurant. Now the need is more shifted to, for example, delivery platforms, online groceries, being able to do uh, to spend money in the shop nearby your home rather than having lunch break close to your company. So I am I am an SMB. I am an SMB that is agile, that is smart. I need to give to my employees the chance to purchase the food and to buy and to have lunch everywhere, not just to do it close to home, too close to the company. Plus, I have to serve their need of learning, for example. Welfare includes this bunch of um, products related to learning, entertainment. So personal fulfillment. I want to do a course. I want to do a master. I want to go on and study something. This is personal fulfillment of the employee. So the employee can access with his welfare budget to this fulfillment. I'm more fulfilled as an employee, but as a human, I'm more happy. But in the meantime, I'm also bringing more skills and more um, yeah, set of skills that are needed to me as an employee, but also to me as a human. Plus a need of mental health, for example. Talking about mental health, 20 years ago, again, it was a huge dogma, but also two years ago, not just no need to go back that much. For me, build for me as a company, building an ecosystem of a healthy environment and providing through welfare the chance also to access to mental health um, support makes a human feeling better, makes a colleague feeling better, makes a person who works better in a company. So these are a lot of different set of products. And again, just to, to sum up, the way I can feel, feed this need and the way I can make the employee feeding this need in a fast way, in an effective way, and in a transparent way is to build human infrastructure that is digital enough, tech enough, in our case, for example, based on a card. And, and then I will let John uh, commenting on this, but the only way that this chain of needs is fulfilled, in our opinion, is building and providing a tool to the final user. So talking to the B, but then acting for the C is a B2B2C uh, chain of value, providing him with a tool and with uh, uh, something he can uh, really use. The card-based solution, for example, we thought in our case was the was the path to, to run. So you're saying basically that there are not, there are no, in the same way that I can give uh, the 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 meal vouchers to Carrefour to buy my groceries. Uh, now this uh, the this paper is gone. I have a credit. I have a sorry. I have a card. I suppose a debit card where my tickets are on it, so I can spend it whatever I want. Is is this what you're talking about? Exactly. Okay. If the, if this is what we are talking about, then I have my last question. Let's imagine for a second that uh, this you know we. We are just like the the, the three of us, uh, you know, in in a room that nobody is, is listening. Uh, you know, I can see here, you know, and and is is probably not uh, a coincidence that you guys are actually sitting uh, uh, together in this in this podcast because uh, I this is technically a great uh, two ways uh, potential partnership that that goes at the benefit of the SMEs here, right? Because uh, you, you know, you you guys in Portugal have uh, you know thousands of uh, 
SMEs. But uh, what you don't do, Chiara, is you don't have, you know, bookkeeping, uh, invoicing, you know, the typical services for, for SMEs. And on the other side, you know, John, you're building an infrastructure for SMEs. And uh, like every good uh, sort of a poster child of a digital bank, you will not build uh, all the services yourself. So in the same time that Starling, uh, you know, used Wealthfront uh, for, you know, for the, for the uh, asset management, for the asset management of their, of the clients, uh, you're not going to build every single services yourself. And, uh, and also CoverFlex per se is also a super app, right? Because you're actually an aggregator of, of services. So I just want you to like uh, conclude this, uh, this show, you know, talking a little about, a little bit, uh, uh, about, uh, this way of conducting business, which is profoundly different uh, to 10 years ago, where everyone was actually going, uh, you know, on, on her own way, building the business, uh, and uh, the less uh, sort of interaction they have uh, with other partners and potentially competitors, you know, like, for example, the first thing in the collaboration, oh, yeah, but they have, you know, I don't want these guys to know who my clients are and vice versa. And right now it's almost uh, the other way around. Now, don't you think that this uh, new way of doing business uh, is what makes the market more efficient uh, at the same time, benefit the, the 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 user, the client at the end, John. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, and again, we we to me we come back to the same point, which is the user journey, right? We we don't build a product which is aiming to to solve a specific point. We want to to improve the journey, right? So, and if you look at Rova, for instance, indeed. You, we want to, to tackle the financial journey of the entrepreneur, but you have so many paths to fix, right? Hein is something, right? Financial is indeed something that you have to fix for the, for the small entrepreneur. What Coreflex is doing is more on the welfare side, right? Sales, right? How do I improve myself? So, so the idea is to build, I think, more a marketplace eventually, which is going to serve the entrepreneur. It's a growing market. As we said, it's already today in our Western economies where you have really the GDP coming from, right? The big groups don't have this issue. Again, they are able to set up services around, they have access to that, right? The, the idea, but, but what Coverflex is doing, what Trova is doing, is basically looking at the journey, fixing the journey, and making sure that you are actually building a marketplace. It's a, it's a spider web here. Yeah? Right? How do I interact? You know, payroll is, is, an, is an interesting thing, for instance. Payroll might be the link between what Coverflex is doing and what Rova is doing, for instance, right? If one day the need of the user is to cover with a software the payroll part of the processes in the organization, we might be able to integrate that, or we might be able to find another type of marketplace covering this journey. And this is what you are going to build with Coverflex, right? We will have a link towards this, uh, this new, uh, this new chain in the network, right? So, so I think this is what, what's happening in the market. There is a, an ecosystem, a marketplace, which is currently being built around the entrepreneur. And that's, for me, that's perfect because this is our vision to fuel 
the customer's journey, the entrepreneur's journey, and to help him during this journey. Couldn't agree more. I mean, uh, and, and Matteo is the proof of how synergies and how connection between entrepreneurs works. When it comes to um, the, the two main points, why, in my opinion, a synergy between two providers like us, even if we are not yet partnering, so we are really here talking about something that can happen, by the way, is one, because as you said, we talk not just to the same audience, that is SMBs, but also to the same person, sometimes to the same decision maker. So sometimes it's really uh, making efficiency. If two players that are trusted, that go well together, that found a way to not overlap, but really be complementary on the market, can talk to the same person, there is also saving in time. If I'm an HR manager or a CFO and I get presented a solution by multiple players, so we're not talking about uh, us going separately, but presenting these, so presenting this need, I benefit of this scale. So I benefit also my time. I have uh, less time to invest in decision-making. But as I said, the assumption is that the trust between the companies the level of smartness between the companies, the approach, the all-in-one solution approach, the way you talk. So the, the entrepreneurs needs to talk the same uh, language. So one is for me, synergy in general and efficiency in the synergy, not just for the, um, let's say the target that is the SMB, but also the person you speak, uh, you, speak uh, you speak to. So yes, I do see. And it's really, and these can also, um, help in building the need. For example, someone can have one need, but not the other, and then understand the other need. So you are generating more uh, potential revenues, talking in in uh, in results and money perspective. So this combination, this combo can be also useful in doing a new business, for example, for companies. It's incredible because, uh, you know, the... Uh... I, I wish we could have like a flashback and, and be in some of the conversations that I was in uh, like 15 years ago when the, the whole movement was starting uh, and you were talking with the financial institutions. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I clearly remember, I will not mention, you know, who and, and, and uh, in which country, but two banks didn't want to be in the same conference uh, sponsoring the same conference because uh, because they thought that uh, you know they didn't want to be associated so we 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 really and I'm super happy <laughs> that it happened we are shifting in a place where it's not uh, the guys who are actually uh, delivering the businesses but the client is at the center right so it doesn't it doesn't really matter you know what the the, the ultimate goal is uh, is the journey of your client, and in, and in order, and if in order to make that journey uh, optimized, uh, you need to talk with your competitor or or with someone who, with whom potentially you will share a customer list. So so be it, guys. Uh, thanks a lot. Uh, super quick, like uh, let's end up with uh, just uh, you know where can uh, our auditors. Uh, uh, know more like your website uh, and your profile will be shared on, on LinkedIn. Uh, so very quickly, John, how, pe how people can find more information about you and, and Rawa? Rova.com. Rova.com, Rova, Rova app on, uh, on Instagram or, or Twitter. 
We are live with a beta version for Portuguese entrepreneurs since the uh, beginning of January this year and public launch in, uh, in April, right? So we still have a bit of space for the, for the beta phase. And if not, yeah, you can indeed put your email on the waitlist uh, in our website. We have a bit more than 10,000 entrepreneurs on the waitlist, right? So if you want to, uh, to, uh, to put your name, we will contact you uh, right when you are ready to, uh, to launch. Thank you. Great, great. Chiara, uh, you're launching in Italy soon, right? Yes. So both potential clients and merchants can already find us in, uh, find us in uh, coreflex.com. So there's a chance either to become a merchant in our network, that's super easy, but also book, start booking early birds adoption of the card as a client. He's already working on the site. We are doing an official launch in the next weeks, but yes, I mean, I, I think this is actually the first um, real communication about us being live. Oh, wow. We are happy. <laughs> we, are, we are happy to support. And, you know, the, uh, I wish you like great luck in uh, both of your, both of your journeys. So thank you very much for uh, being with thank us uh, guys. Uh, that's breaking bank episode 158. Uh, thank you for being with us. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to Breaking Banks Europe, a Provoke Media podcast in cooperation with Fintech Stage. Don't forget to tweet us out, shout out, or post to the team at Breaking Banks EU on Twitter. If there's something or someone you'd like to hear on our cast, let us know. See you next week on Breaking Banks Europe.